This is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Mitch LaFawn. Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. And uh, joining me on the phone from the Stone Temple Pilots, it is a singer... Jeff Gutt, the band, is going to be heading out on tour with Rival Sons. You do not want to miss that. And, of course, uh, they have the 25th anniversary super deluxe edition of Purple coming out. So have a chance to talk to, uh, to Jeff about all of that. Now, of course, he wasn't the singer on Purple when it came out, but he does uh, certainly enjoy uh, playing the songs And last year. The band was on tour with Seether. Seether were opening up, and I had a chance to see them at the Place Bell. And uh, I happen to have had uh, all-access passes for that show, and I spent a lot of the time in the front row or in the pit or near the pit. And I got to see Jeff up close and not just hear the vocals, but see the way he moves and, and, and the facial expressions and how he dealt with the crowd. And he was absolutely... Uh, spectacular he you know when you have a replacement player especially the singer it, it's hard to score those points with with the audience and i gotta say jeff scored them he, he was great that, that that memorable night so so good on jeff anyway we'll, we'll have the interview with jeff here in a minute now if you noticed yesterday july 15th 2019 you will have noticed that on the podcast feed, there was a, a different icon, a, a yellow icon rather than my uh, tra traditional orange one. And you went, hey, what's that? Well, that is Alice Cooper guitarist Ryan Roxy, who has a, a podcast of his own called In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. And it featured an in-depth conversation with Blackberry Smoke uh, or Blackberry Smoke's Charlie Starr. And you're probably thinking, well, what was that? What is that? Why is that on the Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn feed? Well, as I just mentioned, it is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn Presents. And Ryan will be doing these uh, podcasts, uh, well, hopefully weekly. Uh, it might be every couple of weeks. Remember, he is on tour with Alice Cooper with Hailstorm opening up, which, by the way, I'm going to go see in Guilford, New Hampshire in August. So he's going to get them as 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 quickly as possible, hopefully weekly, hopefully on Mondays. And I know he's also done uh, Michael Sturto of um, formerly of Lou Graham's band. He's also done Steve Brown, who's gone out with uh, Def Leppard, Dennis DeYoung, Trickster, and one that I'm very excited about. Well, okay, I'm excited about all of them. Uh, I, I don't want. <laughs> Makes it sound like I'm not excited to hear Steve Brown. We love Steve Brown, the mighty Steve Brown. But he, he did one with Phil X of Bon Jovi, and he did that one in person. Now, on the podcast that you get at Spotify and iHeart and, and all these places, you will hear the audio. Most of these interviews he's done, in fact, I think all of them actually, he's done uh, visually either in person with like Phil X, for example, or over Skype with a, with a video. And on his uh, YouTube page, so just, you know, Google YouTube uh, Ryan Roxy, he's going to put you the video. So you can see the expression on Phil X's face, on Charlie's face and all that. So uh, come here for the audio, you know, just subscribe to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Uh, you'll get my show, you'll get Ryan's show, but if you want to get the YouTube stuff, Head over to Ryan's page and you'll see that. So, and, and and you'll enjoy that. And speaking of YouTube, 
now that I'm independent, I don't have anything in my contract that says that my content has to be exclusive because I don't have a contract, because I am my contract. Uh, I put all the shows on YouTube. So I, you will have it wherever you're listening now, whether it's uh, Spotify or iHeart or, or Apple Podcasts, you will hear the show uh, every week or during Mitch Marathon Month every day. But uh, I also throw the audio on YouTube. So, you know, if you're, you're, you're grazing around uh, YouTube and you say, hey, maybe I'll just listen to Mitch. Uh, who, who, does he, who does he have on? Uh, you can do that now. And uh, I will finish with this. Uh, yesterday, July 15th, 2019, I was at the Centre Vidéotron in Quebec. Uh, a beautiful arena, by the way, that they spent half a billion dollars on to uh, to attract an NHL team. Uh, and then the NHL expanded and uh, gave a, a franchise to uh, Vegas. And uh, the arena sat there and Quebec said, please pick us. And then the NHL gave an arena to, uh, or not an arena, but a team to Seattle. And uh, listen, as a Montreal Canadiens fan... I'm good with no team in Quebec. You know, we've already got to contend with the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins. We don't, we, we don't need anything more. We're good. So uh, good on the NHL. And uh, go Golden Knights. You're my favorite. Anyway, I was there to see a Tesla and Def Leppard, uh, the first of three shows this week for me. Uh, I will also be in Montreal. Well, first of... of uh, five shows for me, but I'll be in Montreal to see Hart on July 16th. I'll, well, today uh, I'll be in uh, Qua, uh, where, where Montreal to see Tesla Def Leppard. I'll be in Ottawa to see uh, Tesla Def Leppard, and then I'll be in Kempville, Ontario, to see George Thorogood. Anyway, um, my point here is uh, Tesla Man and Def Leppard. It's kind of like peanut butter and jelly. Uh, they, they go together so well. It, it's just such a pleasing experience, concert experience. And the guys in the band, both bands, just you know, they couldn't be nicer. Super professional, super kind, super good. Show runs like a machine. Um, a personal buddy named Steve is now Frank Hannon's tech. You're welcome, Steve. Listen, I got him the job. Um, and um, it's a great time. Now, it is a Canadian tour, and eventually, I guess, it'll, it'll head over to the States and stuff. But if you, uh, if you have a chance or if you're in Canada, do go see the band. Go see this show. It is fantastic. And I'm assuming uh, for the next episode on Mitch Marathon Month, I will tell you how great Hart was and probably how great George Thorogood was. So check all this stuff out. Live music, man. That's the way to go. We need live music, so support the bands. And uh, support the show. Uh, subscribe now if you can. And uh, hey, here we are. Without further ado, from the Stone Temple Pilot. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get over to the uh, interview with Jeff, I just have to mention I had to record the interview, uh, this one and the one with John Anderson of Yes While on the Road. And so I had to use the built in microphone with the uh, computer. So I sound just a little less present in the mix than I normally do. Uh, but don't worry, everything sounds uh, fine. 
But I just want to let you know that. And uh, let me count Jeff in here. So uh, without further ado, here is Jeff from the Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, on three, two, one. Uh, we are speaking with a Stone Temple Pilots singer, Jeff. A pleasure, Jeff. I, last time we spoke was just before you went on tour with uh, Seether last year. Uh, always great. Now yeah. you've got this tour coming up with Rival Sons. So uh, b- before we get into your career and singing with the band, let's just talk about this pairing. Rival Sons and Stone Temple Pilot. Great pairing. Um, just talk to me about that tour and, and those two bands together. Yeah, they're, um, they're a great band. I've been in touch with them for a while. Um, <clears throat> when it came up, I was really excited about the possibility of it happening. Because, uh, I mean, their sound is, they have a, they're kind of, kind of a throwback sound, you know, it's, it's like a retro rock thing and, and, you know, singers great. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I remember listening to their record, um, when I was in the Middle East and they have a song called The Jordan, uh, the, you know, at the Jordan River listening to that song. So I had to tell them the story and I just ran into them not too long ago and, um, uh, was telling them that story. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that tour. It's going to be, going to be an awesome event it really will be now it's only uh about 12 shows for now do you think do you see it expanding into a longer tour or maybe revisiting it in 2020 um there's always a possibility of that um once we once we get rolling we'll have a better idea of that um i know there's, there's stuff on the calendar um but i'm not sure what's confirmed and what isn't yet but uh yeah, I mean, you know, when you when you tour people, you kind of become a big extended family, you know. So, um, so anytime you can you can keep it going for sure, it's a it's a plus. And they're great dudes, they're great guys. So, it'll be uh, it'll be great, man. I'm really looking forward to it. It really will be. So, so let me talk to you about joining Stone Temple Pilots because, as I said, I saw you with. Uh, the band last year opening up or, or with Seether opening up. I happened to be in the pit for the entire show and I got to see you really up close. And what I learned is that uh, you you are just fantastic. You fit the role perfectly. Now that you've been with the band for for more than a couple of years, talk to me about how you feel in the band, you know, the, the comfort level growing in terms of stage presence and confidence. Uh, talk to me about you being now the singer of Stone Temple Pilot. Yeah, it's, I mean, I still pinch myself about it sometimes, but um, yeah, it's 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 really a cool vibe because I mean, they give me, you know, they let me do my thing, and and they really, uh, they really, I mean, I think they really appreciate what I bring to the table as a, as a songwriter and as a live performance because um, I've always been really into singing really well live, you know, trying trying to get it to sound. Um, you know, I'm a perfectionist when it comes to. Uh, the vocals so sometimes i listen back on some of the youtube stuff and i'm like oh i missed that note you know and it sticks with me so uh so i, I yeah it's, it's been amazing and and the fact that they they respect me and give me um you know because even when you're fronting a band you know they they want to they want to be there with you you know and stand shoulder to shoulder they don't want to be dragging anyone along so um it's, it's been a really awesome feeling to be able to go out there and 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 you know put on a great show and have them at the end of the night be like dude you killed it tonight you know or whatever you know um it's just really it's 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 an amazing feeling to be, especially in a band this big you know so, i mean it's like joining that zeppelin basically you know so so it's uh it's um it's an honor definitely yeah and and by the way 
I like that you miss a note here and then because it shows that the band is live. You're not playing to backing tracks. And yeah. and you know what? Alan Niven, who used to manage Guns N' Roses, once told me that there was a there's a perfection in the imperfection. Uh, and that's yeah. that's yeah. the way it should be. So just real quick, when you did the album, uh, which is referred yeah. to as the 2018 album, but the Stone Temple Pilots album, how free were you to be Jeff and participate and offer suggestions and lyrics and so, or were you just really a hired gun and they said, "Hey, go go sit over there and when we'll tell you to sing, you come and," you know, how much of a of a how how much did you get that to participate? Been, that would have been a lot easier. Right. That would have been a lot easier if I was just a hired gun. But no, no, no. It's it's something that I've always done. It's like I'm. I've always been with the, I always loved making records, even if I just made them to make them, you know, I mean, there was no, no label or no nothing. I've always just made records with my friends or whatever. Um, and I've done it with bands in the past that had deals. And so, you know, I've had, I had that experience and it's, it's something that I love to do. So, so when it came time to, it was still during the audition process, um, towards the end of it, when they brought me in the studio and they gave me six songs that they had the music already recorded to. And, I had a couple, had a few days with them uh, on my own. Then I came in and, and just kind of scattered some melodies that I had come up with, no real lyrics, and a lot of that, most of that stuff we kept. So I did like all six songs the first day, and they were like, "All right." So I think I think that was uh, those other songs were wrote different ways, like "Art of Letting Go." Um, was Dean was in the other room playing acoustic guitar, and I just came in and sat with them, and and they had they had this little piece that they had come up with the brothers and. And it went a little different, and I was like, "Oh, I'm hearing it like this," and they kind of followed me on it, and it ended up working out. And they were like, "Okay, you know, what he's doing." So, <laughs> so that was that was how it, how it all happened, you know. And it was, um, you know, it's very intimate to to share songwriting with people and, and the process of it, and you know, just going through it together, and you know, it's putting out your ideas and you know how they accept them, or you know, it's it's, a, it's just a very tricky thing. So, um. The fact that it, that it works so well was I took that as you know just go with it, <laughs> but oh. yeah, it was it was it was an amazing experience, and it ter- it turned out great. So okay, so so you mentioned that you were in bands previously. So so talk to me quickly about Dry Cell because the the band was together for for many years. You put out some albums, but talk to me about some of the challenges you faced getting to a level like Stone Temple Pilots because it's not easy, even though you have a record company, even though you have an album and a band and you're on tour, it's hard to go from oh, yeah. to that next level. So what were some of the challenges you faced and, and eventually why did the band not make it to that next level? Um, well, that's a really long story, but, uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Um, I see. I, I ended up joining that band on a on it was just chance that um, there was a band called Beautiful Creatures that had DJ Ashbaugh. Oh, I remember them. One of the guys in it. Yeah, yeah. They were opening up for Kiss, and they were coming through Detroit. And basically, the guy that signed Lincoln Park signed them, and then and then he was he had this band of these young these young cats. That play. I mean, they were like 13, 14, 15 at the time, and I was twenty four or something. So. You know, I went and met the dude and sang for him backstage. And next thing you know, I'm on a plane. And, and next thing you know, I'm, I'm signed to Warner Brothers. So, you know, I was like, okay, this is, this is how this is supposed to go. <laughs> and then, uh, I don't know, it's just, you know, there's a lot of politics and labels and, and relationships that, you know, kind of fade before we even got there. And so it was, it was, um, 
it was a, it was a challenge, and then you know it, it just didn't work out. You know, I mean, there was a lot of arguing over budget and and all kinds of things, and get into the politics of music, and it becomes not fun, and and it, I, it really burnt me out on music and the music industry. I didn't want, I didn't even want to deal with it at all, so I moved back to Detroit and basically quit dry cell and. Um, you know, I had a son, so I wanted to go be a dad to him for a while. And then it was actually me showing him music again and showing him like how my dad showed me music. So it was a lot of Simon and Garfunkel and the Carpenters and things like that. And that's when I kind of realized like, you know, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let them take music away from me, you know, it's because I'm like, it's mine too. So that's when I decided, you know, what's, I was 36 at that time. So I was like, what's the best way to, best way to get out there? I'm like, singing show <laughs> so i went on i went on came in second place so that's it all worked out it worked out and by the that's way the short version that's the short version that's the short version and, and honestly you, you can never go wrong with joe lesty and, and alex grassi i mean uh, alex is a great dude um but okay so so yeah, you yeah. you do the x factor and, and you go on to the singing show what sort of motivated you to keep going because as you said you you were in your in your later 30s why not just say, hey, you know what? I tried it. It's past my prime. I'm just going to go and be a dad, like you said. And what sort of led you to the Stone Temple Pilot auditions and said, hey, you know what? I'm going to give this one more shot. Yeah, I mean, I had put a band together after the TV thing because I had all that exposure and had a lot of offers to go do some amazing things. Like I played a, I played in Zeresh in Jordan, like the old 4,000-year-old Bruin. You know, it was badass. So I got to do a lot of really cool things and travel. And I had a band that I put together of all the people I wanted. And and um, and I, before that, before I left for that trip, I had heard that they were. They, that's when I heard about their open audition. But I was like, you know what? They'll find the right guy. It'll be perfect, and and it'll, it'll be great. And then I got back months later, and they still hadn't found anyone. So I made a few phone calls and got myself in the room. <laughs> basically yeah. and that was you know it was it was it was like you know what if, if and it was actually um it almost felt as a fan of stone temple pilots and being such a big fan of their music um it was because they came out when i was 16 so it was very affordable to to my musical journey and upbringing basically you know i mean along with you know alice and chain and Soundgarden, and i mean all that stuff you know i loved it all and um <clears throat> So basically, um, I, you know, I felt this sense of duty almost like, well, if I'm going to, if I'm going to bitch about who they get, I might as well just go throw my hat in the ring, you know? <laughs> so that's what I did. Knowing, knowing that people were going to do exactly what I, what I would have done, you know? Yeah. And it worked out now. Now I know we have exactly 20 minutes on, on, on the dot here. So I'd love to explore rival city, uh, Heights, uh, tour of the middle East, because that, that to me was. Uh, something unique, but uh, let me just quickly get over. Definitely. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean that 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 would take a whole ten minutes, which which I, which we don't have. So let, let me just quickly get over to <laughs> the Stone Temple Pilots acoustic record that that you have spoken about uh, as far back as March. Uh, where are we in that process? And you know, what are we doing? Are we looking back at the entire catalog and picking out the hits? Are are is it all new songs? Is it a combination of both? What is the acoustic well, record? It's, uh, it's it's um, I mean, there's 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 no rules on it having to be acoustic or anything. It's just um, it has a vibe to it, and and it's all 
it's very instrumentally and I mean very instrumentally sound and sonic and it's beautiful and it's actually finished. It's all new songs. Um, so um, I with the with the purple thing happening um, and that's going out. Um, it's kind of it's pushing back the, uh, the the other thing because it was we were only supposed to do a few songs and it turned into a full record because we had so much creativity happening at the time. So we just made a whole record and uh, yeah, it's definitely different. It's different. It's a different, uh, but it's 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 a very beautiful record and I'm really happy with it. Oh great! So and, and and if I heard you correctly, you said it's all new songs. So this is not a greatest hits yeah, done yeah. a coup. Wow, that that's no, that's on the socks. That's that's not only interesting, but I'm going to say also very courageous when you're introducing a new singer to go into it. That, that's that's good for them. Good for Stone Temple Pilots for not for having the balls. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll give them kudos for that. Now you did mention Purple. It is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. There's a three. There's a, a huge deluxe edition coming out now. Obviously, you didn't play on it. We know that, but yeah. but but yeah. as a fan, were were you attracted to that album back then? And now that you've had a chance to sort of sing the songs on stage for the last couple of years, how do you sort of connect to that album? What can you tell me about your personal experience with Purple? Yeah, because when Purple came out, it was, it was you know it was definitely a departure from Core, and I was really, I mean I was really into Pantera and all kinds of stuff back then, you know, so. It was, uh, and I loved core, and then like it was, it was a new sound all of a sudden, and it was different. And but I, I I understood it, you know. I was like, oh, I get that. I get what they're doing. And that's really great that they did that, and they kind of made that turn. And it's it's the it, it that record took balls. I I feel because I mean that was you know it wasn't definitely wasn't core, you know. So so um, I was like, wow, this is a, and it, it really opened up my mind to. to to um, you know, write how to write lyrics and, and then how to take people on a journey and and really uh, the the way the way it was performed the way the way it was written I was it was it was just so impressive to me at the time especially coming from you know core which I which is still my favorite um, you know it was I mean Vaseline is still heavy to me, to me and, I, and I had to understand why Vaseline is heavy. I'm like, it's heavy because of the emotion of the song, not the actual part, you know. So that was um, that was uh, something I learned when that came out. And then, you know, being able, getting able to sing that stuff live every night, um, it takes me back. It takes me back to to my experience with that with that record and and um, you know, and, and I hear their stories and you know they t- they, they talk about all that, all that stuff. So. I'm always thinking about all that stuff when I'm when I'm out there doing that. It's um, it's a beautiful thing to be able to sing Stone Temple Pilot songs every night. It, it really is. Uh, so let me ask you this then: Now that you're Stone Temple Pilots a singer, you're doing great. I, I I'm I can prove it. I was at a show. I, I know it's great. Do you see yourself doing this for the next sort of ten years, and this is your career, or do you still want to go out and do a Jeff album? And and have a side project, or is that okay? No, I'm done. It's this or nothing. Well, no. I mean, I mean, I'm fully committed to Stone Temple Pilots, and and I'm not. I don't want to be one of those guys who puts his voice on on everything you know that that people ask him to. So, I mean, I had a project that I was working on when, and I, I was in the studio, and I was working with some great producers and some great musicians, and I got that about half finished before all this happened. So I kind of dropped it, you know, and, 
and I hate leaving things unfinished. So at some point, I'm going to finish that with those cats and and get that out. But that's down the road sometime when I when you know when these guys want to take a take a long break and be like, hey, we're going to chill for a little bit. And I'll be like, all right, I'll go do that. Then. So um, that'll happen someday. But I'm not not really uh not really on the horn every day about it. Well, hey, we'll see. Now, listen, we, we've got 20 minutes, so we still got four. So let me go back to this this tour of the Middle East in, in 2015. How, how, yeah, part of the Princess Alaya Foundation. Was that something that was very exciting? Was it dangerous in any sense? I mean, to, to have, and I don't want to get political, but to have an American going over, was it dangerous? Was, did you ever feel you were in danger? Not at all. No, it's it's actually. I mean, George, I was well. I was with the with the royal family because uh, Princess Ali had, had hit me up and said you need to come to Jordan. So I went there and had my son baptized in the in the River Jordan at the Fort Pillars and all that. It was all great, and that was actually the night of the first show. So or that was the morning of the night of the first show. So and then I mean, you know, we played out in Jarash, which was unbelievable because it's like open sky and and it's just you know stone coliseum and then and then from there we we, we went around and, and we always had like royal guard with us and, and it was always uh it was always pretty good we had, we had great hotel rooms and and um we went everywhere we went to cairo we went to uh istanbul we went to uh went to where else we go went to dubai and we went to um india and yeah, we were we were everywhere. It was great, and it lasted months because we just kept flying back and forth to Jordan. That was kind of our home base. Wow. Beautiful country. There's so many, so many amazing old temples and stone castles, and and no one goes there. So the pottery laying on the ground is like, you know, you got Byzantine right next to like modern stuff. It's insane. That 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 sounds completely inspiring. Did, did that experience, and I'm going to ask you two things, did, one, did it change you, and two, has it given you any sort of creative burst in terms of, of lyrical content or, or wanting to write something, or how, how did that, because that, that's, that's, that's not just nothing, that's, that's a major event, I would think. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was pretty life-changing, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I did, a, I did a version of uh, Chris Isaac's Wicked Game with this with a Jordanian singer called uh, Hannah Malhas. And she wrote all this Arabic part in the beginning and the intro, and then I go into the song and kind of sing it back and forth. And, and the lyrics, we, we, you know, uh, I, I don't want to fall in love, and towards the end we sang, we just want to fall in love. So it was kind of like bringing the two cultures together and trying to bridge that gap a little. Oh, that's, that, that's great. And uh, as we wind down here, we, we talked about the, uh, the tour with Rival Sons. We talked about the yeah. acoustic album. Is there an acoustic tour coming up? Um, I mean, I'm sure there will be at some point. I mean, there's going to be action musicians and all that, so it's going to be real, real uh, exciting for us. So we have to look at each other's mugs all the time. We get to, get to hang with some other folks and uh, you know um, do some creative stuff. So um, I'm sure there will be. I just have no idea timeline for any of that yet because uh, with the purple um, coming out and which is awesome. Um, and, you know, it's getting getting kind of, it has to be moved back so we can have its own space now. So okay. so, so there you go. It's, it's so good. And it's so different. It's very different than, than anything Stone Temple Pilots has done, in my opinion. I mean, Perfect. as a fan of, of Stone Temple Pilots, looking in. 
Well, I'm looking forward to it. And of course, uh, tour dates and album info, purple info, all that can be found at stonetemplepilots.com. Uh, Jeff, uh, thank you for the interview last year. Thank you for that great show uh, with uh, Seether. And uh, thank you for today. As we say in Montreal, merci beaucoup. Thank you. Yeah, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. Cheers. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFond. Rock Talk. 